Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, love people, and reach our world. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to gracelife.church. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the gracelife.church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Welcome to Grace Life, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Listen, especially if this is your first time here and you are in the room today, we want to say thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad to have you. And if you would just see the connection area, we would love to connect with you. And if you are watching online, we want to say thank you. We love you so much. Thank you for tuning in today. As a matter of fact, can everybody in the room give a round of applause to those who are watching online for the first time? Yes, yes. And if you can text the number on your screen, we would love to connect with you, if that is all right. Uh, Well, listen, I'm so excited to be here. And for those of you all who don't know, my name is Greg. You call me G Money, Gregory. (laughs) I'm the worship director here at the awesome Grace Life. Huh? That's right. And uh, can y'all give it up for the worship team? They're awesome. Yes. They're straight killing it. Oh, amazing. And um, so I'm excited to bring the word to you all today. Um, If I can be transparent, uh, I'm very passionate about what I'm going to speak to you all today about, because this is not something um, that I'm speaking that I'm like, hey, I've gone through this 10 years ago and I'm, yay. I think what I'm talking about today, I'm in the pocket with you. We're on it together. And uh, if I can be transparent, this week for me has been a week. It has been a week. It's been a week. And so I'm excited about what the Lord has to say to all of us today. And so today I'm here to speak to, to those who may have been having a tough time over the last few months. I don't know. I think we all can agree that the last few months in our nation has been a little different. Yeah. And um, some of you all may have lost people that you know, lost loved ones. Some of you all have um, had losses in, in relationships and friends. People you're like, oh, they're so close to me. And we're like best of friends and having certain conversations. You're like, oh, I guess we don't agree as much as I thought we would. And from the outside looking in, you go, oh, it's okay. It's just a friend. No. Some of us are hurting on the inside. Like, I don't know what's going on. Racial tension. Certain conversations, people are like, oh, well, this is my stance. Oh, this is your stance. I know the enemy's at work, but I know that the Lord is also working. And some of us in this room, we're just, we're to a place where we're like, I don't even want to, I don't want to turn on the TV to look at any news. It's not even called news anymore. It's bad news. That's what it is. You turn on news and it's like, oh, immediately some people are like, I just have anxiety. I'm just like, I don't want to. And maybe you're in this room and you're like, during quarantine and being by yourself, it has caused a different and deeper level of isolation that you have not had. You feel like you're shut off to everybody else and you can't really communicate. Nothing seems to be the same. And so I want to talk to you today. I'm, I'm excited because during this time of uncertainty and confusion and things that are different and Things just feel weird sometimes, awkward. If I can be transparent, we're like, well, I don't know. Do I say this or do I not? Some of you are like, I just prefer not to say anything because anything that I say is 100% right and equally 100% wrong. That's where we are. And so in the midst of all that, 
some of us have found ourselves in a place where it's been hard for us to even seek the Lord, seek the Father. Which it would be easy to say, in times of trouble, run to the Lord. Some of us are like, there's just so much in front of me and I feel like I'm not connecting as much as I used to. Or my heart is going out to those who are like, hey, right before COVID happened, I was like, oh, I just joined the church family. I'm ready. I'm like, here we go. And then this happens and you're like, you know what, never mind. Let me just go back to what I was doing. And so today, I want to speak to you. I'm very excited about it. I want to read a scripture and a passage that I believe is going to help us today. I'm going to jump straight in. It's in Mark chapter 5. Verses 24 through 30, it says, So Jesus went to him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. Verse 25, it says, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? I'm wondering if there's anyone in this room or watching online that your worship is so sincere that it causes the father to stop in his tracks to ask, who touched me? I wonder if there's anybody in Grace Life where the Lord will say, you know what? I have to go to them because I'm looking for someone who is going to worship me in spirit and in truth. In the middle of the multitude, all the people, everyone's shouting, everyone has an opinion, everyone's saying something. Can we get in a place where the Lord is like, My son right here on the front row is praising me. My daughter is in the background. She's praising me. I need to come tend to them. I wonder if we have worshipers that capture the attention of heaven. Who touched me? Who touched me? I'm, I'm, I'm visualizing this. So many people. But there was a specific touch. Who touched me? Hmm. Who touched me? And so one thing that I realize is when we are facing certain times in our lives, tough times, confusing times, uncertainty, there are two things that we're going to do. Either one, we're going to gravitate to comfort, to what we know to do, what we've been doing, what's comfortable. We're going to gravitate toward that. Or two, we're going to withdraw and do something totally opposite. And you hear in times like this where they're like, hey, this person spiraled out because they're like, I just don't know what to do and I'm just going to try something different because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Enough is enough. And so those are the two things. And so when I think about that, the word that stands out to me and that jumps at me is proximity. Proximity. Are we seeking the Father like we used to, because trouble showed up, because confusion showed up? Are we still seeking the Father? What is our proximity? And so today, the title of the sermon that I want to preach on and talk about today is 
pressing toward proximity. Pressing toward proximity. Somebody say, say, pressing toward proximity. Yeah. Come on, say it again. Say, pressing toward proximity. So what is proximity? By definition, proximity is nearness in space, time, or relationship. Nearness in space, time, or relationship. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. So listen, they always tell me, and I've heard a lot of people say, they say, whenever you're going to speak, if you want everyone to pay attention to you, um, you got to show a picture of your family. And so many people don't know this. A few people in my life do. But I do have a daughter, and she's two years old, and I would like to show everyone who my daughter is. Oh, look at her. Yes. That's Nala. Everybody say, hey, Nala. Uh-huh. Oh, we have another. There, there she is. Now say, hey, Nala. That's right. That's my daughter. Listen, we, two years of my life, she has had my heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know people are like, what? He got a daughter? It's okay. Everything is good. Relax. Everybody, it's okay. I'm looking at the faces of some of y'all. It's amazing. They're like, he has a what? Yeah, um, Nala is my daughter. And um, interesting thing, so I told you it's been a week. Um, some of my family members called me, gave me some news I didn't want to hear, and it's, it's just a lot. However, Tuesday of this week, um, my dog Nala, we have a good relationship. I'm daddy. She's single, by the way, if y'all know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and uh, we have a very interesting relationship. I get on her nerves, and she get on my nerves, you know. And um, Tuesday, I got up early in the morning, and I sat at my piano, and I, I smelled something. And y'all dog lovers or pet, y'all like, oh, I smelled something, and she had an accident. Somebody said, oh, yeah, you know, she had an accident. I wasn't saying, oh, I was like, <laughs> so she had an accident. She threw up and did some um, on the other end as well. So listen, if you're watching online right now and you are in the middle of taking a bite of your sandwich, I apologize. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, so she had an accident, so cleaned it up and everything. And when I got back home Tuesday, anyone who knows my dog, I, I give her a certain command and she's, she's pretty good on it. And one of the things that I say is, go eat your food. And listen, it doesn't matter what is going on. It doesn't matter what has happened. When I tell you it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. She could be playing. If I say, go eat your food, she literally jets to where her bowl is, and she's like, where, where, food, where? She, I wonder who she gets it from. But anyways, <laughs> we like food. So I'm like, so I get home, and I fix her food, and I'm like, now go eat your food. And she doesn't run to her bowl. Instead, she like, oh, you hear the rain? Just like that. She tiptoes. She doesn't go all the way to her bowl. She looks at me, and then she looks at her bowl, and then she looks at me, and I'm like, Go eat your food. How many of y'all know why she did that? It's because she was so filled with shame from what happened earlier that day. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, the dogs don't know that. Listen, my dog knows. And so she's like, uh, as if because of what she did prior, she didn't have a certain level of access to me anymore. And the thing that's interesting is she was willing to sacrifice her proximity to her bowl, because guess what? She can't eat until she's within a certain proximity to her bowl. She sacrificed that because of how she was feeling. She was like, well, I guess I'm just not going to eat because, and I'm like, go eat. And so she's like, okay. I remember when I was going through the, probably the 
I guess I'd say the roughest time of my life personally. That I felt the same way. I was like, Lord, it's not that I intentionally walked away from God. I didn't leave the faith, none of that. It's just, in my head, I was like, I guess the Lord is here, but when I feel like talking to you, Lord, because I'm mad at you right now, you're getting on my nerves right now. I know some of y'all say, I can't say that. I'm being transparent. That was me. Y'all pray for me. Hallelujah. And um, I think sometimes we get to a point in our lives where we don't seek the Father as much as we used to because of what we see around us, because of things that are happening in us, events that have taken place, whether it be something that you have control over or not. And it's like, man, why did I stop my pursuit of the Father? I need him. And I'm still willing to sacrifice my proximity to him because of other things going on in my life. It's real. Some of us wake up and we're like, <laughs> not today, Lord. What does that really mean, though? <laughs> and so I'm excited about this passage because I think it's going to help us. And um, she has a fan in me, this woman with the issue of blood. So let's go back to Mark chapter 5, verse 24, and we'll dissect it and we'll, we'll get into it. It says, so Jesus went to him. Mind you, Jesus uh, was on his way to do a whole nother assignment. Okay, so Jesus went to him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Verse 26, it says, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Let's just pause. Let's talk about it real quick. Just a little bit. She was bleeding for 12 years. I want you to think to yourself where you were 12 years ago. Some of y'all, we don't want to know. <laughs> 12 years ago. I was like five 12 years ago. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that young. 12 years. 12 years. Let me make it plain for you all. She's on her menstrual cycle for 12 years. Uh, and I know some of y'all watching right now and y'all in the room, y'all like, oh, I can't believe it. it made you cringe. Guess what? If it makes you cringe hearing it, imagine how she felt going through that. She didn't have what we had. She couldn't go to the store and be like, well, ma'am, aisle 13, you get your stuff. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't bottom shelf. No, nothing. No. I won't talk anymore about that. And I'm very, <laughs> she didn't have what we had today. Yeah, I want y'all to really imagine that. And I know some of the women, maybe the guys might agree with me, but can you imagine her being moody for 12 years straight? Y'all see, I didn't look at nobody when I said that. Can you imagine 12 years, 12 years, 12 years? I think sometimes we're reading a lot of 12 years. No, 12 years, y'all. Can you imagine? According to the Jewish law, she was ceremonially unclean. This wasn't her choice. She could not go out to places where everybody else could go. She didn't get the community that some of us get. She didn't have the luxuries of just going out and doing whatever she wanted. She was looked at as unclean. It was her label. It was her title. Unclean. That's who she was. Can you imagine? I, I just 12 years. I can imagine the amount of isolation that she had to deal with. Depression might have came in, anxiety, stress, 
It, it's, it's real stuff. Some of us during this time of quarantine, not only have we been social distancing, socially distancing from, from people, some of y'all have been socially distancing from God. What's that about? We ain't talking to the Lord anymore. Listen, the Lord ain't got no germs. <laughs> y'all know the Lord ain't got no virus. Because of everything going on around us, and we've found ourselves to where it's like some of us were just getting into life groups and having amazing community. I get it. Things are happening. But are we still pursuing the Father? Are we still pursuing him? Let's continue reading. It says, in verse 27, it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Verse 31 says, you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Can we give this woman a hand? Can we give her a hand? Listen. And the reason why is I wish I could give her a hug. I know some of y'all are like, you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Because I can only imagine what it took for her to muster up the courage to get out in front of all the people, for her to possibly be humiliated, embarrassed, unpopular. What's the new word? She didn't have no clout. That's, that's not what was going to happen. She wasn't, no, very unpopular. And so today, if we are going to press toward proximity with our relationship with the Father to continue to seek his face, there are three questions that we are going to have to constantly ask ourselves. And question one is, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? For some, it's what are we listening to? Is it so much news that when you listen to it, it causes you to want to crawl in a corner? Is it friends that are saying stuff that you don't need to really be around? Is it the multitudes and the crowds like this woman experienced while she was trying to get to the Father? You know, one of my favorite passages, it talks about this man called Blind Bartimaeus. And it says in Mark chapter 10, verse 46, it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, the Lord, and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Let's say that together. Say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Y'all know what happened next? What verse 48 say? And many rebuked him, telling him, to, they told him to shut up. What? Now listen, I'm a go against the grain kind of guy sometimes. And if I was yelling out to the Lord and someone told me to shut up, 
I'm going to yell even louder. I don't know if it's because I love Jesus so much or maybe a little bit of my pride. I don't know, but listen, you can't get me to shut up when I'm worshiping. You can't get me to shut up when I'm crying out to the Lord. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What voices do you have in your ear that are trying to get you to shut up? But I love his response. I love it. Verse 48 says, and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Do we have any worshipers in this place that will say, I don't care what comes against me. I don't care what the crowds are telling me. But I'm going to continue to press toward proximity, crying out to the God that I know who is faithful. Who are you listening to? Number two, if we're going to press toward position, the second question we got to constantly ask ourselves is, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? You know, Scripture says, as a man thinketh, I know it's real old, thinketh, so is he. What, what if we thought better? Some of us disqualify ourselves before we even start by our own thoughts. Lord, I'm not good enough, so we're just not going to pray today. What? We stop pursuing the Father because of what's going on in our minds. And in Mark chapter 5, 28, let's go back to what the woman did. It says, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Because she thought, what if she thought something else? What if she was like, I'm going to listen to what everybody's been saying, and now you start thinking it. She would have not received her healing. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts? It's a real thing. Some of us are afraid to deal with our own thoughts. And the fact that she was able to think to herself, Man, if I can just get to Jesus, if I can just get to Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, what does it say? It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. You're not mad at your spouse. You're not mad at someone who has a different opinion than you. We lose sight of the real enemy over and over and over again. Stop trying to fight with your flesh. You're going to lose every time. Every time. Verse 5, it says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take Every thought captive to obey Christ. Take every thought captive. Are we doing that? Man, thoughts come and go. I don't know about y'all for me. It's, some people say I have ADD or something. I don't know. I don't believe it. Or whatever. I just can have, I can multitask. That's what it is. It's a gift from the Lord. And so I can have three conversations at once. Amen? No? Okay. <laughs> but literally, are we, are we really on top of what our thoughts are? Or are we allowing that to consume us? 
And number three, if not the most important question that we have to constantly ask ourselves if we're going to pursue, if we're going to press toward proximity is, whose am I? Whose am I? Because I, I can tell you right now, if, if you don't understand the power that lies in the one that you are pursuing, you're not going to last. You're, you're going to stop. Let me, let me tell you something right now. I don't know if you know this, but your level of patience is 100% dictated on the person you're waiting on. I'll give you an example. If I meet a stranger and they're like, hey, we're going to meet up at this restaurant at 11 or we're going to meet somewhere to have a conversation. That's cool. 11, 10, show up. I'm going to be like, mm, where you at? 11, 15, I'm not bounce because I don't know you. But if Mama Bruno says, Gregory, I'm meeting you at such and such at 11 a.m., 11.15, I'll sit there. 11.30, I will sit there. It could be noon, and I will sit there. I'll be worried, but I won't move. Why? Because I know the person that I'm waiting on. And I know if she didn't show up at the time she told me, something must be happening that I don't know about. But I trust my mom enough that if she tells me we're meeting somewhere, I will wait. Do you know the God that you are pursuing? Listen, if you don't know that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think, you've got to know that he has a plan for your life. You've got to know that he knew you before you were in your mother's womb. You've got to know that his plans are to prosper you. You've got to know that he's got everything under control. You know, we used to sing an old song when I was in, in, in kids' church. He's got the whole world in his hand. Y'all know it's the truth. And so whenever the enemy tries to come at you and remind you of anything that's happened in your past that try to cause you to not press your way toward the Father, you remind him of his future. And you say, uh, you know where your eternal destiny is? When people start coming at you, looking at you funny, you keep on pressing toward proximity, toward the Father. When people come and look at you and want to treat you differently for the color of your skin, guess what? You keep on pressing toward proximity. When parents may neglect you at a young age or somebody walks out on you and you feel like, man, nobody loves me, guess what? You keep pressing toward proximity with the Father. Why? Because he has your eternal destiny. It's not in the things that are around us. It's not in the things that we face. It's not in that at all. Listen, we have got to get in a position where we can focus on the Father. And guess what? None of these other things are going to last anyway. It's not. It's not going to last. If we're going to press toward proximity with the Father, when was the last time you, you had a, a real conversation with the Lord. So much going on. Everyone is talking. Are you speaking to the Heavenly Father? And so my challenge to you today for all of us is if we're going to press toward our proximity with the Father, there are three things that we're going to have to do. One, you're going to have to press through your prayer life. Press through in prayer. 
I know it's like, oh, it sounds like back to the basics. Yes. Press through prayer. Have conversations with the Lord. Two, you have to press through reading scripture. Open your Bible. I'm talking to some young people as well. Open your Bible. You can't serve the God that your parents told you about. Hello. Can you open up your Bible and know him for yourself? And number three, you're going to have to press through your worship. It's been amazing that I've talked to some of my, one of my, some of my close friends and being transparent. And we're sharing things back and forth. And they're like, man, you know, I've been so weak and so weary that I don't have the strength to even worship. And I'm like, press, press, continue to press, continue to press. This woman pressing through the crowd, trying to reach for the Father in the midst of everything, the talks. Man, I can only imagine where she might have been so close. What if she had given up right at the last moment and was like, you know what, everything that they're saying is true. Let me turn around. She would have missed her healing. But guess what? Because she was willing to press, yeah, if we're going to press through, there's going to be friction. There's going to be some, some kickback. It's okay. What if she had given up? But because she didn't, you know what she is now able to experience? A community that she was never able to access before because now she's not labeled unclean anymore. She's able to have a newness of life that she has never experienced. And, and the reason why I love this story so much is she had no control over her situation. So some of us in this room, some of you are watching right now, you're in a situation that you have no control over. None at all. But we have two things that we can do. We can either say, I have no control. Woe is me and here I am. Or we can say, I have no control. But the King of kings and the Lord of lords, my Savior, has control over all, above my situation, and lean to him and seek him. Press through prayer. Press through reading your scripture. Press through worship. And while you press doing those things, you have to constantly ask yourself, who are you listening to? What are your thoughts? And whose am I? And so today I want us to take a moment, if everybody can just close their eyes and bow their heads. Before I pray, I want us to do something tonight. I want you to just examine yourself just for a moment, right where you're at, in your home, wherever you are, just, just for a moment. The, the woman, her, her situation is so intimate. This is between you and the Father. He wants to invite you in. And if anybody under the sound of my voice even thinks for a moment that if you took 10 steps 
in the wrong direction that you got to take 10 steps back. Uh-uh. The Father is so loving that it doesn't matter how many steps you've taken in the wrong direction. Once you turn around, he's there with his arms right open. It's not equal. It's not, oh, oh, I've been slacking for three months. It's going to take me three months to get back. No, right now, this moment, his arms are open for you. Listen, by you pressing toward proximity and your relationship growing, growing closer to the Father, not only will your life be forever changed, but those around you will begin to experience his love through you. God wants to use you. There's no shame. There's no guilt. Lord, I just feel like I can't, I can't get a space to, to, to talk to you anymore. Everyone's home and I got the kids 24-7. I'm believing that the Lord will give you wisdom in this moment, that the Lord will make a way for you to spend time with him. That's what he wants to do. I just see an image of the Lord wanting to wrap his arms around you. He loves you. Yes, you. He loves you so much. Block out all the guilt and the shame and stop trying to condemn yourself. He loves you through it. I want to encourage you to press toward proximity today. Go back to that prayer closet you created. Go back and, and read the word like you used to. He's our living hope. You're our living hope, Jesus. We live for you, Jesus. That's our prayer. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you, Father. So God, right now, I want to pray for all of us. That you would help us. Give us the desire. Give us the yearning. Give us what may be lacking, Lord. Give us that fire, passion to want to pursue you, God, to, to press our way in the middle of it all, to press our way, to press through. Lord, we look to you because you are our strength. Lord, I pray that we would, that you would just strengthen and grow our, our prayer life with you. Man, you just want to talk to us. You want to commune with us. And Lord, we just come against that shame that will cause anyone to say, well, I've done too much. The Lord doesn't want to talk to me. I'm a waste of his time. That's a lie. That's a lie from the enemy. God, help us to want to press in by opening up the scriptures and hearing what it is that you have for us. You want to speak to us. And God, help us to press in through our worship unto you, God. I also want to pray for somebody that is watching right now or in this room, and you're like, man, Greg, 
I don't know Jesus. He's not the king of my life. Well, I got good news for you. He's waiting on you. His arms are stretched out, open, waiting for you. And I'm so excited because you're going to make a decision today. Because I believe the Holy Spirit has been talking to you before you even logged on, before you stepped into this place. He's been pricking your heart. He's been speaking. You're like, man, something told me to come to church today. <laughs> I know it's interesting because during this time, the enemy has also been trying to talk to us and say, well, if you're not in the building, it's not the same. Don't watch online and look at the Lord working in your life right now. Because the church ain't a building. The church is God's people. And the Spirit of the Lord is with you right where you are. And if that's you, I want you to just repeat a simple prayer. You're like, man, I want the Lord to be my king. It's not my prayer that's going to save you. It's your heart posture. And so I'm just going to help you and lead you in a simple prayer. Just repeat after me. Say, Lord, come into my life. Lord, I realize that I'm a sinner. I'm a wretch undone without you. I'm just a filthy rag without you. But Lord, because you died for me, I have the amazing opportunity to say yes to you. I'm so thankful that you can love someone like me. And Lord, I know I will never be perfect. But today I make a commitment to you to follow you and to serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And if you prayed that prayer, listen, he is yours. Come on, let's celebrate for all those people. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to gracelife.church resources where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.